More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you had fantastic Thanksgivings with your family and friends. I hope you lived an absolutely normal life and were not in your garage giving your friends and family rapid COVID tests in your pre-game, pre, uh, pre-meal festivities. So much to get into. Uh, I was at the Iron Bowl for Auburn, Alabama, one of the best games ever in one of the great rivalries of all time. Met so many awesome Clay and Buck listeners there in Auburn, Alabama. Sorry for the War Eagle contingent for that late collapse. We have got a new variant. Joe Biden is speaking about it right now. Uh, And he says it's a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. We'll give you some of that uh, discussion here in a bit. Dr. Fauci says that he is science in an awkward, uncomfortable, and wildly, wildly evidentiary to me uh, status there that he needs to be removed from any sort of government job at all. He should have been fired a long time ago. We'll give you Dr. I am science Fauci. Kyle Rittenhouse attended uh, Arizona State, attends Arizona State. He was very proud of that. We told you that that was going to come into question in the wake of his not guilty verdicts, and already there are protests at Arizona State demanding that he be kicked out of school. We have got bans on African travel, which we were all told was wildly racist when Donald Trump did them, but because of the new variant coming out of South Africa, It now is totally acceptable since Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing it. Florida data, some positives, all-time low in hospitalizations from COVID going all the way back to April of 2020. No mask mandate, no vaccine mandate in Governor Ron DeSantis' free state of Florida. We will discuss that. We are going to be joined by Alex Berenson in the third hour of this program to discuss the latest on COVID data. Of course, Alex has been banned 
by many social media platforms, but he can talk directly to all of us through this program, which is a voice of light amid the darkness. Buck Sexton, how was your Thanksgiving? It was excellent, although there was certainly some uh, discussion uh, around the Thanksgiving leftovers tables over the weekend because we had food for days and I was with family about what what happens now, Clay, because you see you you bring news of what it feels like to have relative covid freedom as Total a person freedom. who lives. Yes. Right. I mean, as a person who lives still, when you get in an Uber, you go to the airport. I'm here in New York City. Panic Central, as you know, there, yes. there are masks on people outside all over the place, all over again, even though we were told. We've already been through this in the springtime. You remember, they were like, you know, probably don't really need masks outside unless you're really close to somebody. People are freaked out. Biden speaking right now as we talk uh, to everybody across the country about these travel restrictions that you're mentioning, notably on South Africa. It's already in a whole bunch, this Omicron variant. And let's take our moment because everyone has been making really the same joke here. It was supposed to be or it would have been eventually the she I'm not even sure if that's the Greek pronunciation, but it's XI, so it might be same name as the Chinese dictator. Yes, you know, however you say it. Chairman Z is the way that I would say it. Yeah, exactly. They they're skipping XI because they don't want it to be the the name of the Chinese premier as the variant of the virus. So that's why we're at Omicron right now, Um, and and this is just another moment in time where we have to look at what exactly are they telling us. We, we've been told, oh, my gosh, it could be so much worse because of the mutations on the their actual mutations on the virus. And again, I don't understand the epidemiology. I understand policy. But they're looking at this and they're saying, OK, it could be worse. Well, we don't know if it's worse. So what are we really doing? OK, we're going to have these travel restrictions in place. You say, well, the travel restrictions right now, Biden says, won't stop the variant. That's and right. we already have our hospital capacity and therapeutics and all these things that we've been gearing up for. So it's not like at the very beginning, when, as you and I know, Clay, stopping travel from China was racist when Donald Trump totally was president. Racist. Totally racist. That was a different circumstance based on the timing of what we see here. But what's very clear is that this is yet again an opportunity for there to be additional pressure on everybody must get not just vaccinated. But boosted if vaccinated, because they're not they don't want to wait for the numbers to come out. They want people to do this, everyone to do this, including children to be vaccinated. And, Clay, that's what this really comes down to. It's a moment for them to tell everybody you must forget natural immunity or forget everything. You must get the shot or else everything is going to be you must get the shot or else for the entirety of the winter time under this administration. This new variant comes out of South Africa, and there is an immediate media panic that has ensued, a political panic that has ensued in the blue states and among the usual COVID fear porn purveyors. We don't know all of the information about it yet, but we do know that the South African doctor who identified this new variant has been urging calm, saying there's no reason to panic only mild symptoms so far. The stock market, by the way, on Friday dropped a thousand points. We had restrictions coming out all over the place. Your home state of New York, Buck, they've done away with, uh, with any sort of surgery that's non-emergency elective surgery been ended. Uh, but let's listen to what she had to say. Cut eight, the South African doctor discussing her discovery of this new variant. Looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we are seeing, currently there is no 
reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. The most predominant clinical complaint is severe fatigue for one or two days with the headache and the body aches and pain. Some of them will have what they call a scratchy throat and some will have a cough, a dry cough, but it's not a constant cough. It comes and goes. And that's more or less the big symptoms that we have seen. So, Clay, also there's a point here about when people say it comes from South Africa, that's actually not even known epidemiologically right. i've been, I've been looking i've been looking into it was the, discovered that's in right. some way in south africa so so th- it may just be that they had been testing very aggressively in a certain area and found it first because it already is in other places so this notion that we can isolate even the origin of a virus like this or even the first does anyone think this is the first mutation or the first very it's not like it you know there's there's a variant mutation and we get that we get the patient zero so to speak the first guy this is just where they're finding it which yes. means it's already fauci even said it's already probably here in america i think they've even had a handful of cases omicron cases in australia but given which is very locked down, which is why that's noteworthy. It still has all the inter- a lot of international travel restrictions. I mean, right now, Clay, as I mean, Fauci is addressing the country, and I do think that he is the worst public health official in the modern history of the United States, and and arguably in the planet. But put that aside for a second. Uh, he and and we'll come back to it. Must vaccinate the world to beat the pandemic. This is now the new. The whole world must get vaccinated. To beat the pandemic is what the messaging is from the Biden administration. How long is that going to take? Well, and also, especially when the vaccines aren't particularly effective at preventing the spread of the virus. This is what we said, by the way, on this show for months, that one of the reasons why they argued that every single person out there had to be vaccinated in the United States, kids, uh, particularly people who've already had COVID, was they said, well, you don't know where the variants are going to emerge. And we said on this show, actually, you can kind of come up with a mathematical probability, and it's going to be the countries where uh, there are large populations and where the virus is spreading most significantly. Delta, we think, came out of India, and now this newest variant is coming out of Africa. Huge populations there. The virus is going to mutate. And by the way, we should say this, too. Some viral mutations could be favorable. We've only been focused on Delta makes it easier to spread, all those things. It's possible, oftentimes this happens, Buck, where a virus mutates to become easier to transmit, but far less virulent. So it could be that this new variant out of South Africa, which the doctor who found it, let me make sure I get her name right, that we were just listening to, Dr. Angelique Coetzee, It could be, and we'll talk about this with Berenson in the third hour, that some of these variants that emerge actually are helpful because they are less uh, debilitating and significant even in the case of the elderly as these variants spread. The mutations, in other words, could be beneficial as opposed to always being negative, which is the way the media covers them. And yet the panic that ensued on Friday, I got to tell you, felt so overblown from the perspective of an administration that at this point has had multiple variants. And I, I think this is why they're having this, and Biden's still now talking to the country. He says, I don't believe shutdowns or lockdowns will be needed. 
the fact that this is right now, okay, right yes. as we're talking to you, Biden's also saying everybody should wear a mask indoors. They want to go based on this. And you have yes. that South African doctor saying, look, it, she's essentially describing the symptoms of a mild cold. I, I think right. we all know that. That is when you're talking about a slight sore throat, fatigue, you know, or, or maybe a pretty, you know, a, a medium cold. Biden is saying, I don't believe shutdowns or lockdowns will be needed. The fact that their mentality is is that we would ever go back to that. The answer to that should be no, never again. It wasn't effective we, when we did it the last time. You're going to do this again? This just shows the mentality. These people have lost their minds. They have, Buck. And it's, there's never going to be lockdowns in the red state America again. Never, ever, ever are people going back to that. I don't even think people in the red state America are going to wear masks. And what I keep waiting for, and it hasn't happened yet, is for blue state America to say, we're done with this. New York, California, Michigan, Pennsylvania, places where Illinois, there have been draconian dictator-like metrics that have been undertaken that are doing nothing to make people safer. By the way, this is the significant part. Florida... And I wanted to read this because I, I doubt that anybody else is hardly even going to discuss this in the media. I think it's kind of a significant detail. This is this morning. Florida announced that they now have the lowest rate of COVID hospitalization that they have had going all the way back to April of last year. Under a thousand statewide hospitalizations for the first time since they began tracking this beginning in April of 2020, Florida has the lowest case rate in the country and the second lowest hospitalization rate, no COVID vaccine mandate, and no mask mandate virtually anywhere in the state. I I, I was down there for uh, Thanksgiving, Buck, and in the free states, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, I was in Alabama for the Iron Bowl. You would never know COVID had ever existed. Yeah, and you know what they say about that, Clay? Because that statistic is making the rounds. You're putting it out there. I am. Oh, it's because everybody got so sick over the summer in Florida. That's okay. why. That's the you know this so, herd so immunity sit, for the win. So you sit here, you say, okay, so what 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 exactly that is the way forward in these blue states? Someone explain to me what their plan is going to be. We'll we'll come back into more of this. Plus, Fauci, you know Louis the Fourteenth, uh, you know l'état c'est moi, right? I yes. am the state. Le science is Fauci, apparently. He is science. We'll get to that in a second. Um, You can make a long list of the items and services you purchase every month that are suddenly more expensive. Cell phone service does not have to be one of them. Pure Talk Cellular is changing all that. If you're using AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much money every month. Pure Talk is on the exact same 5G network using the exact same towers as one of those big carriers, but for far less money. In fact, Pure Talk can save you 50 or $60 a month. A family on a plan can save as much as $800 a year. And switching is so easy. You can keep your number and your phone, or you can use this month to keep your number and get a new iPhone at a great price, just $479. Listen to this offer from Pure Talk. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network is just $30 a month. Clay, how do they get hooked up? They get hooked up the same way my own son got hooked up with a 30-day risk-free guarantee, nothing to lose from your cell phone. Get them in your hands right now. Dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk, and you'll save 50% off your first month. And you can also save, as Buck said, on a brand-new phone. Again, 
from your phones right now, join the tens of thousands of smart listeners who've already saved a bundle with pound 250, say Pure Talk. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. We have a trial underway soon here for Jussie Smollett. That's right, everybody. Remember, remember Jussie Smollett? The trial starts today. Jury selection underway. Now, this is, of course, a much less serious issue orders of magnitude less serious than than some of the recent trials that have gotten media attention but there's a reason that clay and i want to take a moment to talk to you about this one because oh my the way that people on the left the democrats get things so wrong over and over and don't seem to care it is fascinating it's almost like everybody who is in the corporate democrat media and certainly all the members of the democrat party are lawyers for anybody on the left out there. It doesn't matter truth, lies, innocence, guilt, whatever, as long as we're pushing for our team. I give you, as Jussie Smollett goes to trial, remember, Jussie Smollett is a laughable liar who faked a hate crime 
in such absurd fashion that people like me and I, I mean, Clay and I weren't on the same show together then, but this is a few years back. I'm sure Clay was right there, too. We're just saying, if you believe this, you're just honestly not very bright or you're pretending to believe it because it suits the narrative. Uh, Kamala Harris, you can pick which one is the case, tweeted this out. Uh, Jussie Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of the sexuality or co- of their sexuality or their color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Clay, this is the vi- now now vice president of the United States. Then she was a senator. How could anyone have heard this story and not said, "Okay, so this guy wants attention and he's lying"? Well, I mean, just the idea that very many Trump people knew who Jussie Smollett was at its most. When this story came out, I didn't know who Jussie Smollett was. I didn't watch Empire, but I'm way more plugged in than the average person would be when it comes to entertainment who was voting for Trump. The idea not only that you would know Jussie Smollett, but that you would know him on site, that you would know his sexuality. Like, I have no earthly... like Clay, hold on. All of this was so absurdly ridiculous. On site... At like 1 a.m. when it's 35 degrees outside in Chicago and and you happen to find him with your MAGA hats on or I guess they yell, this is MAGA country. (laughs) Yeah, and your nooses, you're just walking around in the street with nooses like in your MAGA hat. Yeah, look, uh, sometimes I would say this for everybody. If a story seems too insanely perfect narratively, question it. Just quite like be skeptical of initial media reports. I was one of the few people uh, to the Jesse Smollett story around the same time. Do you remember Michael Bennett when he came out and he was like, I was profiled in a Las Vegas casino. He's a football player and everybody in sports covered it. Oh, my God. Michael Bennett, poor uh, example of uh, of racism. And then the videos came out. And he was running. He was refusing to accept police uh, uh, responsibility. Like all of these things, if everything in the narrative, if you're checking every box so that your side wins in a story, oftentimes it's too good to be true, meaning it's manufactured and made up. But this is the vice president. That tweet's still up, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is indeed. And and I, I just remember I learned a lesson years ago. Um, about media coverage with, uh, and, and you know, with, with the liberal media, the lib media, maybe you just call them the Marxist media. That would be fun. Yes. That would really upset them. Um, but the, the way that they all jumped on the story of the, the UVA, uh, you know, rape, remember rape. the UVA fraternity yeah, oh, yeah, rape story that yeah. was in Rolling Stone magazine. I remember this. I was, you know, earlier, Mike, do you remember what year that was? It was earlier, Mike. Probably 2014 or That's something right. like so that. It was much earlier in my, in my career. And but I remember my family, it came up and I was at a, sitting at a family dinner and I had just read the article before dinner because it was it was everywhere. Right. And I yes. remember I looked at I looked up at my family and I just said, yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah. And and I'm, I was angry at myself because, you know, my thought was when I read that story in Rolling Stone, because and people say, how do you know uh, the dialogue was absurd? It was like something out of some after school special, you know, oh, yeah. man, this will ruin your reputation. I was in college. You were in college. They said that a young woman with glass in her back, ran through, like, like bleeding, ran through yeah. a party, shrieking. No one called police. No one did. Like, the whole thing yeah. made no sense. But, Clay, you know what my thought process was? And this reminds me of Justice Small. That's why I'm... They can't lie that big, right? There must be something to this. They couldn't... 
they would know their credibility would be zero if they lied about something so big, so egregiously. Now I realize, I mean, I've known this for years. Oh, no, they'll lie about anything as big as they can get away with. And they could care less when they're caught. Well, that for me was the Missouri hoax. Uh, All of the race hoaxes. Um, Is that uh, Missouri? Yeah, at Mizzou. Um, all of it was made up. You know, they had a hunger striker, like the poop swastika, all that. And I was skeptical years before that. I hadn't quite been red-pilled yet, but I was skeptical when the Duke lacrosse story came out the same way you were about uh, the UVA case. All of the details in that case didn't make sense to me as someone who had covered college athletics for a long time. I'm not saying people don't hire strippers and throw like crazy parties. That happens, but it doesn't happen the way that it was reported in Duke lacrosse. And the Duke lacrosse case was interesting because they took they in that there was at least the framework of plausible facts, right? And then the story didn't line up. And then, of course, the guys were all innocent. They were charging somebody who was in an ATM machine miles away. I mean, the whole yes. thing. And we all know Nifong, the prosecutor there, is an evil human being. I mean, I, he awful. went to prison. He, he went. Yeah, he was disbarred. The woman, yes. by the way, in that case, the the accuser went on to murder somebody. They didn't That's charge right. her with a fake uh, with with a you know essentially a fake report, false report. She went on to kill somebody, manslaughter. Uh, so maybe they should have charged her. Just as an aside, just like you know, they're charging Jussie Smollett right now for. False report, which is what they should be to bring this all full circle. But in the in the Rolling Stone magazine piece about UVA, it was a complete. It was a top to bottom fabrication. Yes, it was like the it, well, was, it was like, like a Russia collusion, Kavanaugh gang rape allegations, which got covered like they were real. I mean, all of this. I would just say in general, be skeptical of everything that you read. Be skeptical. Just just in the back of your mind, be thinking. Wait a minute, is this really true? Because so much of it is not. And this is why I'm furious about, and you I saw you tweeting about it too, and I knew you would be over the weekend. The way they're talking about Waukesha, it's oh, it, they're, they're writing the headlines for Waukesha, for the mass murder, hate crime slash domestic terror attack in Waukesha. The way they're writing about it, it's like, you know, a, a garbage truck came off the emergency brake and a tragedy ensued. No, a human being killed a lot of people. And we can come to that in the second hour, too. We got more on Fauci as well. Clay, we got a busy day here on the show. No doubt. Alex Berenson in the third hour. Stay tuned. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the biggest stories in the world out there. One bit of news that is getting uh, a lot of attention should be getting more attention, in my opinion, is the idea that Kyle Rittenhouse should not be allowed to go to Arizona State. There is a protest, and I'm curious whether Arizona State is going to be willing to stand up to students that are demanding that Kyle Rittenhouse be kicked out of school. Now, I think the reality is if Kyle Rittenhouse is kicked out of school at Arizona State, there will be other schools that will step forward and say, hey, we would love to have you as a student in the wake of your not guilty verdict. That remains to be seen. But I believe, Buck, we have a caller who wants to weigh in on that situation that is uh, that is underway right now, a great debate that is uh, that is uh, that I think is going to continue to grow over who is allowed to go to school based on what they may have in their background. Absolutely. Remember, 800-282-2882, friends, if you want to call in. We've got a lot of lines lit, one or two spots open out there. And we have with us now Chris in Utah. What's up, Chris? 
Hey, how's it going, guys? We're good. Hey, um, this is about Kyle Rittenhouse, but it's a little bit different than ASU. And this is a a petition that's been on change.org by a group called Real American that want a petition to the Department of Justice. It's a click and sign, and it's for um, civil rights violations and hate crimes. And if you read the the email, it's outrageous, it's misleading, and just out-and-out out lies. More of the same white supremacist and, a, and, and um, just painting it as a Jew hater and a person who just doesn't like black people because he was at a Black Lives Matter. This is an anti-Kyle Rittenhouse uh, 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 situation? Absolutely. Yeah, look, I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse, we talked about this, and I believe it's significant, needs to file a lawsuit, and I believe he will, against many of the people at MSNBC, CNN, The Washington Post, New York Times, that labeled him a white supremacist with no evidence of that fact, and frankly, really challenged his ability to get a fair and free trial. Now, the challenge that he's going to have is the standard in New York Times v. Sullivan of public versus private figure is very difficult to reach. The reason why Nicholas Sandman has a better case, Buck, is because he wasn't in that point in time interjected into a story. He was just a kid on the steps at the Washington Monument when people started to attack him based on a video, whereas Kyle Rittenhouse had a trial and everything else associated with it. But if Arizona State bends to demands that he be removed from their, uh, their roster of students, then I think this is going to be, unfortunately, another sign of the times for a kid being unable to get an education based on... By the way, remember, there's it, tons of kids school, on right, campuses right. everywhere. Yeah, 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 state school. It's a state tons school. of kids on campuses there's, with all sorts of crimes in their backgrounds that are enrolled in no schools way. right now. There's no way they will they would get it. First of all, they're not going to do it. Uh, the outcry here, he was acquitted, right? I mean, it's one thing if yes. someone's guilty of charges, you're acquitted. That means that all of your legal rights, all of your standing in the community as a matter of your interaction with the state, which being at a state school certainly is would would continue as is um but this just goes to show you that the the alternative to the perpetuation of the lie among people on the left that rittenhouse is a racist is to admit that they lied right so so they'd rather keep going with this you're seeing this a little bit with russia collusion these days too there are all these pieces popping up clay you may you may have seen some of this in the last week or so just because the dossier is fake doesn't mean russia collusion wasn't real it's like no, that's exactly what it means. But they'd rather double down on the lie than have to accept that they are liars. And the same is true of Kyle Rittenhouse and the allegations of racism from the remember the media was not complicit in, but leading the charge in that defamation. And if they stop, if all of a sudden he's not a racist, well, why? What did we learn? Oh, from the trial, we learned that there was no basis for calling him a racist in the first place. Uh, but these schools, Clay, you know, they... They have you. You only need it's like Bolsheviks. Go back to the Soviet Revolution, right? You only need a committed few who are total lunatics and people who won't stand in their way and won't stand up against them, and they'll run everything. And that's what's happened in college campuses. You know, there's a, a reasonable amount of people that are somewhat sane that are in college administration. When I say somewhat sane, they're Democrats, but they're not completely out of their minds. But twenty or thirty percent of them, maybe forty or fifty percent of them, it's college campuses. 
are completely insane, and they call the shots. And that's what's really scary about the world that we live in right now. It's a tiny minority, typically, that is dictating decisions like these. But there's so many people that are afraid of being the target. You know, there's so many professors at Arizona State are going to say, hey, you know what, Kyle Rittenhouse deserves to be enrolled on campus here. But they're all terrified that if they speak out, they're going to end up being the targets. And if you are the target, then your own job is at risk. Your own standing in the community is in jeopardy. And that is why there is such a amazing amount of silence from people who otherwise, there's a lot of people right now listening to us, Buck, who are would be afraid to say that they listen to this show uh, because of what yeah. might happen to them because people would say, oh my God, you listen to Clay Travis, you listen to Buck Sexton, even though we're the most honest, the most rational, the most reasonable yeah, it, people, it, it, I would say, in all of media. It's a badge of honor. We should get people like Dakota rings or something so they know, oh, you're a Clay and Buck listener? Now I know it's cool. We can have a normal conversation, right? You can have a disagreement, I, too. You can just have a normal discussion. Yeah. Well, th- that's... I, I wonder, by the way, if anybody out there had a really contentious Thanksgiving dinner politics discussion. I'd be curious to hear about it. In, in, in my family, let's just say we're all aligned in love of country, freedom, and God. So Every, it's not a, not a complicated one in the Sexton household. We Every got, Thanksgiving I've ever been at, there have been people who voted for both sides of the equation. This one was no different. We have Alex Berenson joining us in just a few minutes. His book, Pandemia, is out this week. What does he make of Omicron, Biden's walk back, and all the rest? That's coming up. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single minute. Give us five stars. We're going to put Dub in charge of rolling through. If we read your five-star review, boom, you will get a wildly entertaining prize package of some form or fashion for listening to the show. You can search out my name, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. It's easy to find. We are joined now by Alex Berenson. His new book, Pandemia, is coming out this week. He's been on with us quite a bit. Alex, thanks for joining us, and let's dive right into it. Are you currently curled up in the fetal position in your hazmat suit with 18 different masks on over the latest variant uh, from South Africa, or is this more COVID fear porn? I, I mean, how did you know? I'm, 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 I'm in the closet. I'm, you know, in the basement. Yes. No. It, this is. <laughs> I mean, look. This, this, this. Unfortunately, I mean, it looks. And I hate to be this cynical, and I hate to be this dismissive of the health authorities, but they've earned this. Um, this looks like a joke. Okay, the South Africans, and, and and frankly, it's not a joke though. It looks like an effort to sort of try to get people get their boosters um, because, you know, booster demand is flatlining uh, and, you know, first dose demand is flatlining and the vaccine mandate, you know, is sort of on the ropes. And this is, it looks like a pretty desperate effort because if you look at what the South Africans who are the ones who actually have been treating people uh, who, who have this variant are saying, they're saying, yes, it's very transmissible, but it looks actually much milder than be a good uh, thing. If that's true. Right. I mean, because we'd want this to spread widely. That's right. It will truly be the final evolution of this, if that's correct. And we don't know. Okay, it's very early. Okay, and perhaps you know there's a world in which it all goes bad, and this is not just very transmissible. You know, it's equally or more pathogenic, pathogenic 
than uh, than you know than the Delta variant or other variants. Um, but 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 we certainly don't know that. It doesn't look that way. And so you really have to ask yourself what was behind this sudden coordinated global panic. Um, and, and 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 certainly it looks to me like it was. The boosters, you know, people don't want to get boosters. Vaccine efficacy is failing. This is a way to make an excuse for that. And uh, and we should all be very cynical. Uh, and, and by the way, the stock market went down on Friday. It's up today. So clearly the market is saying it doesn't think there's much here. Alex, it's Buck. Uh, it's been a couple of days. Thanks for thanks for being back. Good, good to talk to you. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. What are we seeing now with the, uh, the the term breakthrough doesn't seem to get used very much anymore in this country for cases. Are, are there are there numbers? Are there official numbers on how effective the vaccines are after six months and how many breakthrough cases we have? Because it feels like we should have a lot of that data, but we I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I'm looking around for further clarity on this. I mean, essentially. At, at what stage of the vaccine uh, plateau or dip are we? That, that's a great question. I, my best guess, and, uh, and you know, some people have actually been saying this, and I just subjectively in the last few minutes, is that uh, we're, we're rolling off vaccine efficacy right now. So that, you know, most the, the peak vaccine months were February through May. And we're now six months out, which means from, you know, 36 months out from May, more than six months out from February that means that uh, that means that those people are losing any protection um, against infection or transmission. If you believe the uh, you know the UK and Swedish and Israeli data, our data is terrible, but but th- those countries have pretty good data, and it shows that essentially uh, protection goes to to zero against infection and transmission. Um, and so I think that's why, or that's one reason why there's this desperate push for boosters because. Uh, the Israeli data also shows that if you give people boosters, you, you, you know, you temporarily punch up their antibodies and you get some protection back for a matter of months. Now, it's completely unclear that that's worth the risk of boosters, the risk of long term, uh, you know, impacts uh, from, you know, from getting your body on this cycle. But the health authorities clearly don't care about that right now. All they care about is if they don't get people boosted, the numbers December, January, February are going to look terrible. And everyone is going to, even the stupidest people in the world, are going to wonder, what have we been doing the last year? Well, you know, what, what is the Fauci plan, by the way? What do you think? I ask people this now because it's so clear. It's just, it seems like everyone gets the, everyone gets the shot has to be the plan, including children. We played NIH Collins before, the director of the NIH, saying, you know, we'll look at kids in the ICU as if that's a real, you know, that, that's a real explanation. What is the Fauci plan as you see it at this point for America to deal with COVID? I don't just mean the next two months. I mean, like, the next year. Why would you think they have a plan that goes out more than two months? I think they are hoping to get to this Pfizer drug, which we've talked about, which may be effective. Um, Look, you know, I'm going to talk about my book here for a minute because I – and the reason I'm going to talk about it is – so when I was writing Pandemia and when you read the book, it really does catch the last 18 to, you know, 24 months. And one of the things that became clear to me is, like, they've been wrong over and over again, okay? And everyone knows it. And the number, you know, I, they've been wrong about so many things. But the thing they've been so provably wrong about that was so important, and I'm going to tell you, I was right about this, was the school closures. The schools should never have been closed. And that was obvious as early as May 2020, okay? And I'm not, I'm not saying this in hindsight. I said it at the time. Keep the schools open. It is wrong. Kids are at very, very low risk from this. We know this. They don't spread it to teachers. They don't give it to adults. They get it from adults. 
they should not be penalized. And all these people, all these people on the left, all these health authorities, everyone in the media practically said, you know, you want to kill grandma. I got called horrible things on Twitter and off. Okay. And guess what? We're 18 months later, and that is the consensus. The consensus is the school should never have been closed, that we denied kids a year of schooling. We took advantage of them. It was wrong. Okay. Has anybody been punished in any way? Well, I'll tell you who's been punished. The governor of Virginia or the, the governor of Virginia is a, is a Republican or will be a Republican because of this. So the voters know, but the media and the public health authorities and the Democratic establishment have just pretended this didn't happen. And I think that's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in a year, 18 months with vaccines, but there's certainly a world in which this all just kind of goes away and we just pretend that we didn't try to get the whole world to get these, you know, get these shots. That the, the efficacy just goes to zero and there's some kind of, uh, uh, you know, halfway decent um, therapeutics out there. And this just goes away because that's what happened with the schools. And it's kind of what's happened with lockdowns in the United States. Nobody seriously is talking about lockdowns again. And so, you know, when I wrote Pandemia, it was stunning to me how wrong they've been on just about everything and how no one has called them on it. Alex Berenson with us now. We've called him on it on this show. You've called him on it, which is one reason you're not allowed to be on Twitter anymore. When you look ahead, Alex, I'm glad that you're writing your book because I think it's so significant to start to put all of these failures together for the public record to be written in the years ahead. Yeah. But right now, we're still in the Joe Biden, if you wear a mask, if you get vaccinated, this thing is going to go away. Is actually natural immunity going to be the savior here in that so many people have had this uh, virus that the number of people that can continue to spread it are going to naturally be diminishing because of the massive spread? Is that actually going to be the savior more than the vaccines, maybe? I mean, it certainly looks that way. I, I mean, there's two things, right? There's natural immunity and there's the fact that, you know, the virus should, quote unquote, should tend to become more transmissible, but less virulent, more like a cold. Which that's is what could be happening in, in South Africa if, in an ideal way, right? That this would that's be. Right. That's exactly right. If, you know, if there, if, if what the South Africans are saying is true, that is what's happening. We don't know yet, but that, yes. So those two things, here's the one potential problem. If, if the vaccines don't just sort of cause cause their own immunity to wane in a few months after the antibodies wane, but if they actually interfere with the development of you know your own natural uh, immunity following infection, then we could have this large group of people who are going to be more vulnerable to this than they otherwise would be. And I'm not saying that we know that we don't know that. I'm just saying there's a little bit of evidence that that's a risk. So, but barring that. Yes, everybody's going to get corona. You know, many, many, many people in the United States and around the world have already gotten it. Those people should have good natural immunity now. What do you think? And we're speaking to Alex Berenson. His book, Pandemia, out this week. Alex has been on the front lines and willing to say things that have proven true on COVID when people were literally yelling things at him like, you want grandparents to die. And, you know, and I've, I've had the same phenomenon um, Alex, I'm worried that they're going to rewrite. You mentioned the school situation. I think they're going to they're be furiously. The moment that this really just fades, and who knows when that will be, but it will come, they're going to be acting like everything they did was brilliant and amazing, and Fauci 
is going to walk around saving millions of lives or saying that he saved millions of lives. I just want you to react to uh, what what you think when you hear this guy say in a nationally televised interview that he is science. <laughs> I mean, uh, he 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 doesn't even understand what science is if he says that. Okay, science is a process. It's a process of discovery. It's a process of having theories, testing them and seeing if they're right or wrong. And science is a tool, too, okay? You know, I've said this for a year and a half. Oppenheimer made the atomic bomb, right? Oppenheimer and his scientists. But Truman decided to drop it. It was a political decision, and it was a military decision. Science provides the tool. Science can say, hey, we think masks work really well, or they don't work really well. But it is up to us as a people and to our, you know, to our leaders, the ones we decide to lead us, to make the decision, hey, it makes sense to make everybody wear a mask, or it doesn't. And that has also been lost from the beginning of this. And it's one thing I write about in Pandemia. The scientists shouldn't be in charge. It is not their role. And we've sort of forgotten that. The masking and the school closures and the vaccine, how does this all end? Last question for you. This is the question that Buck and I have been debating on the show and talking about our listeners with for a long time. How does this all end? How do we go back to normal? When are people not going to be wearing masks on airplanes? Like, what is the time frame still? I mean, I, I think a lot of it has ended. You know, I, I don't wear the mask on the subway anymore when I'm in the when I'm in New York City, and nobody says anything to me. I think I think a lot of people have gone back to normal. Um, you know, if the vaccines are merely useless in the long run and not actually dangerous, let's you know, let's just hope that effect, that effectively over time we're hoping now that they're useless. That, that's right. We're hoping for uselessness. Then then it will just end. Everyone will get everyone will get it. And and you know, we may see a less dangerous, more transmissible strain. And the therapeutics will continue to improve. And, you know, Anthony Fauci will say, I did this with the vaccines. He will be the equivalent of the rooster crowing at sunrise and thinking he made the sunrise. And, in fact, he's just been in the way and made it worse for a year and a half. But I think we'd all take that on team reality right now, right? Let's just have this end. That's, I mean, that's sort of, the, that's sort of my hope at the end of pandemia, that we just, that we just all walk away. Alex, any, any major concerns from you about where this all goes? Well, I mean, yeah, there's political concerns. I mean, you see in Europe they're pushing uh, lockdowns, and and I do think you know there's a there's a risk that the vaccines actually are driving some you know long term biological processes that are that are worrisome. I, oh I man, Alex, it, even even bringing that up, let me tell the left gets they're, they're, oh, uh, oof, they get know, very upset saying, about that. I'm not saying that there's proof. Okay, I'm saying that it's a risk worth elucidating right now. That's what scientists should be doing, looking at this ruling it in, ruling it out, explaining how it might be happening. So, so there's a medical risk, and there's a risk that somehow this mutates in some terrible way, but I, I, it doesn't actually look after a year and a half like that. So that's a serious risk, but it's a risk. So, so those are the risks. But I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm just in a good mood today because the book is coming out tomorrow. Um, but I, I'm feeling a little more optimistic. I like it. I like the optimism. I'm glad that nothing, you know, that, that the worst case scenarios uh, with regard to some of this stuff have not occurred. And let's let's roll with this optimism and this positivity, Alex, and tell everybody where they should get your book, Pandemia, which anybody who's enjoyed the interviews you've had with us here on the show, many, many, many of them now should definitely pick up. Um, sure. So Pandemia is available in bookstores. It's available on Amazon. Uh, you know, there's an ebook. There's an audio book. 
buy them all, buy them for your kids, buy them, you know, it makes a perfect uh, Christmas present or it doesn't, you know, but, uh, but buy it anyway. Um, But no, really guys, I love, you know, I love being on with you. I think, I think those of us who see the truth have almost a responsibility to talk about this as much as we can. We've tried really hard, man. Alex, thank you so much. By the way, I've really, I really appreciated you and, you know, here in New York city in the early days of this thing, it felt like there were so few voices of, of sanity when we were going through absolute madness here in the early days. Uh, you know, just total pandemia, you could even say. Pandemia. And I will say one last thing. The best thing about the book might be the cover picture, which is was taken, which I took just west of Times Square in April 2020. And it is an empty street. And it is it is amazing to me that Times Square was ever empty. And, you know, that should never happen again unless it's smallpox or something that is truly, you know, a threat to a huge yeah, swath. Like civilization ending, which is how that. people were reacting to this thing. Uh, thanks so much, Alex Berenson. Pandemia is the book. Go get it, folks. Clay, what do we got? Alex, fantastic as always. And now that we've celebrated Thanksgiving, we're into the holiday season, and there's no better way to celebrate the holidays than by taking a trip down memory lane. Many of your favorite memories from years past safely stored away. Old family movies, VHS tapes, Super 8 films. Those are different ways that you might be trying to preserve your past. But one company makes it possible to see and relive those memories again, Legacy Box. They have the best gift idea this season for you or a family member. Their service allows you to digitally transfer all those great memories so they can be seen and shared again. And their Cyber Week sale allows you to get 65% off their regular prices Legacy Box is the simple and safe way to preserve your irreplaceable family. Memories couldn't be easier to do either. Taken care of in Chattanooga, Tennessee, my mom's hometown. They will exclusive with their barcode online tracking system. Provide up to 12 emailed updates for all of your cherished possessions. They've been the industry leader in professionally digitizing family memories for over a decade. And right now, Buck, you've got an incredible offer. A great sale right now, and it won't last long. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Buck for 65% off. Shop today. Take advantage of Legacy Box's Cyber Monday sale. LegacyBox.com slash Buck. That's the website. LegacyBox.com slash Buck. You can get 65% off. Remember, you can lock in the deal today and get all your stuff together and send in your box when you're ready. But get that great deal today. Seal those memories forever. LegacyBox.com slash Buck for 65% off. Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through the Monday edition. Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Join the Clay and Buck Army. All you have to do is search out my name, Clay Travis, or Buck Sexton. You'll see us pop up. Go subscribe. Give us five stars. We will be very thankful for you for doing so. One of the reasons why this show is growing so rapidly and continuing to add adherents all over the country, thank you for word of mouth and sharing it with your friends and family, is because so much of the media is fundamentally dishonest. And you see it and you feel it, and every now and then it absolutely crystallizes for you in a perfect tweet, and that happened for me yesterday. I'm kicking back, watching football over the weekend, and I see a CNN story come across my timeline, and it is so absolutely, astoundingly, absurdly, perfectly wrong that I wanted to make sure that we talked about it and didn't fall victim of the same thing that the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC, and CNN, and among other mainstream media outlets are. This was a headline from CNN yesterday. Waukesha will hold a moment of silence today, marking one week since a car drove through a city Christmas parade, killing six people and injuring scores of others. A car, Buck Sexton. Not a man driving a car. Not even more specifically, a black man, it appears, attempting to kill white people at a Christmas parade in Wisconsin in direct response, potentially, to the Kyle Rittenhouse story, a Black Lives Matter supporter who had previously written negative things about white people, racist things about white people on his social media accounts, CNN eliminates him completely from this story and turns it into the story of a car driven by we don't know who, running through a city and killing six people. It's shameful, and it's embarrassing. And there are reasons that I think are very apparent for why they they do this. 
on the one hand, there is the very the very serious possibility that this was in some way spurred on. And by the way, this guy, of course, is mentally unstable. I'm sure they'll they'll talk about he has a you know a history of mental mental health issues or whatever. But that's not the factor. I mean, there are tens of millions of people across the country who struggle with mental health issues, and they're not obviously violent, homicidal, mass murdering maniacs, right? So that's not the key fact here. That's not the key point of this. What is? Well, he had a history of support for BLM. He had a history of saying he wanted to hurt white people specifically. And this is right after the Rittenhouse trial. So the media at some level might be aware of, I think they are subconsciously at least aware of a complicity in the creation of the narrative that Rittenhouse was a racial issue when it wasn't, right? But now it would be, oh my gosh, not only did we lie about that for so many months because it gave more ammunition, so to speak, uh, to our side in the political fights out there, uh, but also this has now resulted in loss of life. That's one part of it. And another part of it is, Clay, you know, we could live in a country, we very well could live in a place where we hold individuals responsible for what they do, and we don't constantly have people who are trying to push what, you know, one side has collective guilt for things. The other, of course, does not. In this case, conservatives, people who are on the right, whenever anyone does anything that is, even if we're loosely affiliated with the right, we hear about white nationalism and white supremacy and, and the insurrection, the overthrow of the country. Maybe we could just live in a place where we realize that that's reckless to connect people to things to which they have no no connectivity, no ideological or personal involvement in. But the left doesn't want to give that up. They want to keep lecturing every time there's a white school shooter. They want to write editorials about how the biggest danger in America are, you know, angry white men. They want to keep wrote doing that it. story within a day or two that the biggest threat to America was white men. And we had a caller who I thought crystallized this last week. Sadly, your identity defines your actions as opposed to, as an individual, everybody being responsible for what they did. And it crystallized, great example, Boulder, Colorado. Guy walks into a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, and mows down a ton of people inside of that grocery store. Early photos of that guy, he looks like a white guy. You can see his skin. Twitter does its thing. The Blue Check Brigade loses its mind blaming white people for white men in particular for all the evils that exist in society. And then it comes out that the guy is a Syrian immigrant or at least of a Syrian uh, immigrant family. And the story basically disappeared. And the same thing is happening right now with this man who not only hit people while driving his car, Buck, he was a steering his car to try Look, to hit as many people as possible. This was a mass murder. In in no way, shape, or form was this accidental, you know, some, something that just happened, spur of the moment. This guy decided, I'm going to go kill all these people with my car. And that is what he did. It is mass murder. How often have you even seen that term used? How ne often has how, anyone how used the term terror attack, which this clearly was? We're not even we're not even discussing this anymore. I mean, let, have let's, you heard let's be real about this. Mention Kyle Rittenhouse crime? shot three rioters who were attacking him, and it was like the the big story of you know the the left saying that the right has gone crazy and and vigilantes and all this stuff. This just happened, Clay, and we're not even talking about it anymore in the media. They're not discussing it. Have you heard a single person talk about this as a potential hate crime? 
if a white person with any sort of uh, social media history that suggested racism at all had mowed through a black crowd, had hit 50 black people, killing six of them, immediately there would have been a connection to white supremacy and a demand that there be a hate crime investigation. Have you heard a single Republican or Democrat say, hey, can we look into this, uh, can the Department of Justice look into this to see if potentially this was a hate crime? Can the state of Wisconsin? I haven't heard any of it. Let's be real about this for a second, okay? If instead of, in this case, a black guy killing, a black guy who was a lone BLM supporter, killed out six, on a thousand dollar bail who had out a thousand dollar bail for trying to run somebody else over with his car if the facts changed here and you had someone who was who was a minority who claimed that they had you know that there were nooses hanging from you would have dozens of fbi agents you would have the Biden administration investigating the rise of hate in this country and all this and i'm talking about an incident where no one's actually hurt I mean, look what yeah, happened totally with true. NASCAR and the pull-down string yeah, and all the this. the Bubba Wallace story. You had FBI all over the place. With this, you have candlelight vigils. It wasn't a tornado that came out of nowhere, folks. It was a mass murder by somebody spurred by hate. And it's a hate that is being fed by a Democrat media apparatus that is constantly self-aggrandizing itself, self-aggrandizing by talking about how racist this country is. And how people are being killed for their skin color without consequence all the time. But is that is that representative of the facts? Maybe it's a little reckless, Clay, for the media to run around pretending that this is the most vicious, racist, evil country on the planet when it is actually the opposite of that. Maybe the, maybe they should stop this at NBC. But, you know, then they'd feel guilty about belonging to their not particularly diverse golf clubs over at you know the NBC newsroom and you know see you know New York Times yeah they all live in really diverse neighborhoods the New York Times editorial board cuz they care so much well what should happen is what the courts try to do is treat everybody individually responsible for their own actions and we don't immediately group and identity politics everybody based on what might have happened and by the way Twitter bears a lot of responsibility for this because everything that immediately happens that is a tragedy is immediately branded based on the identity of the person, not the individual, him or herself. We've learned anything since 2020, so there's nothing quite as important as a powerful immune system. Over 20 years ago, Dr. Dennis Black of Texas created Texas Superfood, the original superfood. 55 vine-ripened fruits and vegetables, plus probiotics and digestive enzymes. You can build your body's defense from the inside out. We've learned from Dr. Black the immune system's job is to detect, deflect, and destroy bacteria you come in contact with, which is why Texas Superfood boosts your immune system better than anything on the market. Your grandma told you to eat your fruits and veggies. With busy schedules and fast food, lots of people don't. That's why you need Texas Superfood, the safety net for the American diet. How can people get it, Buck? Look, if you can't, won't, or don't eat all your fruits and veggies every day, Texas Superfood was made for you. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. That's TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 